0: Welcome to the Self-Care Spotlight, presented by The Journal Deck, a product and brand rooted in self-care and living your truth. Hi, I'm Melissa Cousins, your host and The Journal Deck creator. Self-care might be a trendy word, but it's so much more than a Sunday. It's a lifestyle that can change your life. And in a world where we are more stressed than ever, we have to go deeper than occasional bubble baths and massages. Feel better, do better. This podcast is about getting to the heart of living your most aligned life against the backdrop of everyday life. Energy management, healing, radiance expansion, self-care elevated through my solo episodes and interviews with inspiring women who are just as likely to meditate as they are to curse. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to unapologetically take up space and make space. And remember, self-care can change the world by changing yours first. Are you ready? How do you view the relationship with the inner child? Self care? I asked today's guest and season five opener, Alyssa Mankow, that exact question, and here's what she said When we are taking care of our inner child, we are taking care of ourselves. This is a form of psychological and emotional self care that can't be seen but can be felt internally and very viscerally. If we have a wounded inner child, It's important that we nurture and re-parent the younger version of ourself, similar to how we would tend and care for a physical wound. It is healing from the inside out. And with that, friends... I welcome you to 2020 of the Self-Care Spotlight. I am, of course, your host, Alyssa Cousins, and this is the start of not only a new year, Happy New Year, but also a new podcast season, and I am thrilled to bring you Season 5. So what is the theme? The theme is Relationships as Self-Care. Last season was all about healing. This season, all about relationships. Because as my favorite author Danielle Laporte says, relationships are everything. And the older I get, the more I know this to be true. But these aren't just romantic relationships that we'll be talking about. Nope. It's going to be about all the different kinds of relationships in our lives. So. Where are we going to start? Well, with the self, of course. After all, this is the self-care spotlight, right? And that is self with a capital S. We're starting at home base with the relationship we have with ourselves. And I brought on psychotherapist Alyssa Mankow, aka Alyssa Marie Wellness, on Instagram for a discussion on working with the inner child and therapist. So, a little bit about Alyssa. Number one, we obviously have the same first name, but we also have the same middle name. Crazy, right? We're both Alyssa Marie's, so I have to admit that that's actually what caught my attention first before I saw her amazing content on Instagram. But aside from that, Alyssa is a psychotherapist based in Sherman Oaks, California, with a specialty in EMDR and the inner child. She's been featured in Women's Health Magazine and written for Mind, Body, Green and Pop Sugar. You know, I'm sure you've heard of all of them, right? (laughs) So with all of that being said, I'm so thrilled to sit down with Alyssa. I I loved talking with her and I'm very excited to just kickstart this season Of relationships as self care. Why? Well, here's my intention the intention is to help strengthen, help you strengthen, and understand the most important relationships of your life so that you can have the most fulfilling life, starting with you. Because self care might have the word self in there. But we all know that how we interact with others has everything to do with our own self-worth and joy. And as SCS listener Lindsay from Nashville, Tennessee wrote in, I love the fact that you're not just talking about love relationships, but all relationships. That's so important. Well, I obviously could not agree more, Lindsay. Thank you so much for your message. And with all of that, let's dive in to season five. Okay, we're good. We're back. The technology gods, please help us. Okay. (laughs) All right. So uh, we were just discussing that, you know, we're the same name. But anyways, the the juicier (laughs) part of it. Uh, Thank you for being here. I, I had to tell you, Alyssa, you're actually my... You're going to be my first guest, if you remember, I said, for the 2020 season.
1: Uh Uh-huh. So you're going
0: to be starting it because the theme is self-care, or excuse me, relationships as Mm self-care. And I thought, I'm looking at different categories of relationships, Mm -hmm. right? And the first one I thought that you have to start with is the self With like a capital S. And I thought, we do inner child work. And to me, that just made sense. Like, let's start there before we branch off and start talking about sexuality and family and adult friendships. Like, let's start with home base with ourselves. Right?
1: Okay. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited to get into this.
0: Yes. So lucky number you, you're starting off 2020, even though we're still in 2019. (laughs) Barely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I know. I can't believe it's going to be Christmas. Oh my goodness. So okay. Inner child work. Um, can you like, let's just start with like the, the, the basics here. I'm sure many people will have heard of the inner child, right? And working with the inner child. It's something that I, I think most people have heard of, even if they've heard of it in a joking way. Um, I know that sometimes it's kind of like poked fun at, like, oh, you need to like go and, and deal with your inner child. I've heard it like poked fun at sort of, or in movies and different things, like made light of it. Um, but what really is at the essence of what you do when you're working with someone's inner child? How do you explain that?
1: So for everybody listening that doesn't know what their inner child is, the inner child is basically the younger versions of yourself that has, you know, gone through all of your life experiences with you. And the way in which that I work with the inner child with my clients is, um, well, first of all, we start with the present moment, right? And most of the things that people are experiencing today, like sadness, anxiety, um, depression, um, self doubt, we can oftentimes connect those feelings back to uh, their earliest experiences as a child. Um, these are not new feelings we're experiencing as adults, they're, they're feelings that can be traced back to many years ago. So, working with your inner child, it really looks like connecting to those earlier experiences and helping that younger version of yourself heal in the present moment. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm.
0: So looking at our current feelings and things that might be coming up and seeing where they're yes. from.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay.
0: So who we're just getting right in there.
1: Yeah, let's do. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> I'll do my best.
0: Happy Tuesday. Or what? No, what's today? Tuesday. Is today Tuesday? Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Tuesday.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Who is this work good for? And who, everybody. Yeah, who's, who's it good for yes, everybody, okay. everybody I've done. I mean, everybody, but actual children, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I've done inner child work with people who are in their later stages of life, like their sixties. I've done it with men. I've done it with women. I've done it with teenagers. Um, it really is good for anybody.
2: M-hmm.
0: Who might not, who might it not be good for? That was like my second like thought was, I had a feeling that you'd say, oh, it's good for everyone, but it might not be good for some people in certain circumstances. Like, can you think of, I don't know. That's just a thought that popped in my head.
1: I like that question. My answer is, my answer is going to stay with, I do believe it can be good for everybody. I don't think that it can be good for, I think that maybe there are some people who it might not be good for right away, right? So I'm just thinking off the top of my head, if somebody has a severe history of trauma, it might not be the wisest thing to start working on their inner child, right? Something that um, somebody with a severe history of trauma might want to do first would be to learn coping skills in order to help ground themselves in the present moment, to learn how to feel safe first, to build a strong support system, right? Because oftentimes when we connect with our inner child, it brings up so many more difficult feelings that it's actually wise to have um, like a baseline of a support network and coping skills before you delve into working with your inner child. So Mm -hmm. I think it's for everyone, but I don't think everyone should do it right away.
0: Right. Like you shouldn't, we shouldn't all like listen to this podcast and then run to our therapist and say,
1: I want to do this. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Like let's,
1: let's (laughs) regress and go off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Right. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of what I was getting at is because I thought, well, I'm sure it's good for everyone, but there has to be some circumstances where it would be really triggering.
1: Right. Yes, exactly. And I've worked with people with, with just a lot of self-awareness saying this is something that I would like to do in our work together one day, but I know that it's not the best thing to do right now. Because there are so many other things that are taking precedence, like feeling safe, having a support network, things like that, right. getting out of, getting out of an abusive relationship that might be triggering the inner child, you know, things like that.
0: Absolutely. So <clears throat> I haven't personally mm-hmm. done inner child work with a therapist. I've been to okay. a, I haven't done the actual, like I have, I'm thinking um, my really good friend, Jen. She actually was just on the podcast this month that um, we're recording it. And she's done – so she's been with a therapist since she was 18, and that's kind of why I had her on the show is she just has this beautiful journey, this healing journey. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's worked really intimately with a therapist, and they've done Mm -hmm. a lot of inner child work.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: And so, you know, listening to her story, it's, you can literally hear it like in her voice, like how much she's done the work mm-hmm. um, and you can hear it. Like she, she's done the work. I personally haven't done inner child work at a therapist's office, been to one, not done the inner child work. So my question is, I think again, there will be a lot of people that will have heard of the term inner child. But that may be like me who have not necessarily sat down in a therapist's office and dug back into their past and talked about those things to try to understand the adult versions of themselves better. So, I guess my question is what does that really look like, or what are typical questions that you can? that are in, you know, that you ask yourself if you're trying to work with this inner child. Um, Is it something that you should only work with with a therapist? Or are these questions you can um, journal about or start thinking about at least? So I'm just curious maybe what does that, like if you're doing a session of inner child work or journaling about it, what are those kinds of questions that you would even ask or, or start thinking about? Does that make sense?
1: It does. <laughs> and that, um, let me try to answer those questions in order. Um, so
0: long winded. I'm sorry. It's okay.
1: <laughs> it's okay but we're going to, we're going to chunk it. <laughs> we're going to break it down. We're going to chunk it. Um, so what are some questions that you can ask yourself? So let's say for example, um, you're feeling triggered right now, right? As you, the adult you in this present moment, you are feeling triggered right now. Some questions that you can ask yourself can be, when have I felt this way before? What's the young? What's the earliest age I can remember experiencing these um, similar feelings? Oh. What would I say to that younger version of myself that was going through that thing?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, do you have to work with a therapist to do inner child work? Absolutely not. Um, I think that we live in an age where there's a lot of free information out there that a lot of people can be self, you know, self healing, self taught in. In their own growth and process and their evolution of the self, um, th- would a therapist be helpful? Absolutely, because when we're working on things ourselves, we it's it's very one dimensional. Right. But then when you're working with a therapist, it just adds a different dimension of healing, a different perspective, a different. Uh, it, it it's more than just a sounding board. And then oftentimes when you're working with a mental health professional, what we do. And what we're skilled at is bringing subconscious experiences, thoughts, and beliefs into the conscious mind and conscious awareness. We help connect dots that you might not see because it's like hidden in the back. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so yes, you can do inner child work without a therapist. Um, but I do also believe that working with a therapist can maximize that work also. There really is no right or wrong. Um, and then let's see, what was the, there was like a third part. Can you remember it?
0: I think those are, I think that you really hit it. I was okay. just asking okay. what kinds of questions could we ask ourselves? And you mm-hmm. said like, you know, what's okay. I'm being triggered right now. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, thinking back, when did I first have this memory of being triggered? So those types of questions. And then, yeah, the, the idea of the therapist and do I need to work with one? Because, okay, I don't know if you've noticed this. I feel like there is almost this glamorization of working with a therapist right now.
1: uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: I have my therapist, like, and it makes me wonder why sometimes people are going to see therapists.
1: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I don't know if you, <laughs> what is this? It's like, it's because I think it's where right now we're in this period where there are coaches, there are therapists, there's so, there's so many healers out there yeah. that I'm seeing like a trend where nobody's ashamed anymore to say, like, and that's not a bad thing. That is yeah. not a bad thing to say I work with a therapist. Right. But I almost wonder sometimes if, do you see what I'm getting at?
1: I think so, but I want you to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay Alyssa.
0: <laughs> so I guess what I'm getting at is I do not think like I said it is absolutely amazing that it's not so hush to talk about mm-hmm. mental health and oh I'm yes. a therapist yes and that we're not like oh my god I'm going to the
1: therapist you yeah, know? yeah. Like,
0: it's not like oh dear what's wrong what's wrong and nothing might be terribly wrong for you to go to the therapist. You don't have to have earth-shattering things happening to go to a therapist. But I guess it just there's another part of me that um, I think in this world of having coaches and healers and therapists that people I'm I'm hoping that they're moving into getting a therapist for the right reasons, not just as this is another thing I need to do for my self care.
1: Uh huh. <laughs> like, and uh-huh. I said it
0: that way because that's how I'm seeing it as like it could be a part of this checkbox.
1: Oh.
0: Uh... To be the best possible, like, I am taking care of myself and I need to do this and I need to do this and I, oh, I don't have a therapist. Doesn't everyone have a therapist? And like, I need to dive in and do this and do this work. And like you said, that might end up being really triggering and maybe they're not ready for it. So maybe I'm going on a tangent here, but I guess it's like, I'm all for exploration of the self. Right. But I, I guess that I am hoping that people are doing it in an aware way,
1: Does mm-hmm.
0: that make sense.
1: It does, it does. Let me see if I can understand um, what that, like kind of summarizes that thought process. Um, Because of this kind of um, like observation that everybody's talking about going to therapy and everyone's talking about being in therapy, which is a good thing. There's kind of like a curiosity: are there people who are doing it because a) it's part of like a it feels like it could be part of a trend, and b) it's kind of part of like this a toxic wellness uh, culture, like a toxic.
0: Yes, that's just my yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like I'm gonna sign up for all these things, and I'm gonna be in therapy, and I'm just gonna do all of these things.
0: Yes. It's like
1: emotional, emotional orthorexia.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like Danielle Laporte wrote a whole book um, called White Hot Truth.
1: Oh, I don't know about that. Uh Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. And it's basically being on self-help, self-care, overload. Mm. And it's all about discernment. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Like, what do I really need right now? Mm Mm-hmm what's truly going to help me in my understanding of myself with a capital S.
1: Yes. And, feel
0: mean. and I yeah. guess that's what I'm getting at. You summed it up better yeah. than I was saying.
1: <laughs> I, I read this article and I can't remember who wrote it. And I honestly cannot remember um, the, the contents of it, but it was talking about self-indulgence versus self-care. Ooh. Right. So, it's like the difference between indulging and just like doing a bunch of stuff for yourself in the name of self care and then true self care.
2: Right.
0: Which is what I'm all about because this is why I have the self care spotlight.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah.
0: the, the intro, I say it right in the intro is that this is not just about bubble baths and massages. Mm-hmm. Because I do think, like you said, the toxic wellness culture. That I also teach yoga, so I
1: oh, awesome,
0: totally get this world,
1: right? Right, right,
0: very interesting. Because, on one hand, it's amazing that there's so much emphasis on you know going to therapy and trying different modalities and you know hash, hashtags healthcare Sunday and you know all of the things. I think that's beautiful, yes. It just I hope that it's being met with intentionality and awareness. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, and when it goes into the inner child work, again, like I agree that anyone could benefit, but like you said, what are your reasons for starting it? What are your goals really for exploring that? Um, and are you doing it with like an awareness?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess that's, that's what I'm saying. That was a little bit of a tangent, but it all goes, <laughs> no all, worries. it all goes together though in this idea of the self. Yes. Our relationship with ourself. Because this is why. Well, here, let me ask you this. Why do most people, in your opinion, from your experience, go to therapy?
1: Um, you know, so I'm gonna preface it with everybody's reasons for wanting to go to therapy are different. Mm-hmm. But most people are wanting to go to therapy because they're experiencing something in their present moment that they're having a hard time dealing with, whether it's life transitions a um, relationship ending or um, conflict, conflict in a relationship or conflict with the workplace. What sparks most people to go to therapy is because something is happening right now that they feel that um, they're struggling with coping with on their own. Okay. Um, and I would say other, like other people not included in that umbrella come to therapy because they're noticing patterns in their relationship relationships and patterns in their emotions that, that they feel that are no longer serving them. And they're going in there for self-growth and exploration to be able to unter- understand and interrupt those patterns.
0: Mm, so. Which is interesting then how the, I could see how the inner self would absolutely... Mm-hmm. If you're talking patterns,
1: yes, 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 because those patterns oftentimes come from just earlier childhood experiences that have been embedded in us.
2: Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. What are if you could? I know again, I know that this isn't like one size fits all, but when you're talking about the inner child, Mm -hmm. um, what are those? What do you find, or like those biggest, deepest wounds? That seems like they feel universal within us
1: Mm.
0: of that inner child.
1: Loneliness. Mm. Really? Yeah. Lonely. Yeah. Loneliness. um, Feelings of inadequacy, right? Like feeling like um, you're not good enough. Mm -hmm. That you're, that you're unlovable. Um, and like, a like a feeling of like defectiveness, right. like there's something wrong with me.
2: Mm-hmm. How,
0: so, okay. I understand the process mm-hmm. of like asking those types of questions,
2: mm-hmm.
0: but if I'm sitting down, like, okay, I come to you and I'm like, let, I want to do the inner child work. And we start talking about patterns and, you know, Mm -hmm. how did you feel this way when this happened when you were little and different things? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: What ultimately are we getting at? Like, how is that process healing? What what is that doing for someone that is asking those questions and doing that work?
1: So, um One of the ways in which I look at it are, um, let's say, okay, so I'll, I'll kind of give like a general example, something that I've seen. and again, it's not one size fits all, right? But let's say I am working with someone and that person chooses partners that are not good for them, that are not healthy for them.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And there's kind of like a theme in the types of people that they're picking. Sure, I can work with that one person in the present moment and say these are these are red flags, and this is how you assert your boundaries and things like that right and so let let's say that person um, healthily ends that relationship and it's like i feel better but then there's still a likelihood that that person might now pick another partner with very similar qualities so it's almost like the the wound the wound um, there, there's a there's a there's something going on in the subconscious mind um, and there's like an unhealed unhealed wound that is um, Trying to heal itself in these relationships, right? So when we work with the inner child, we want to we want to ask questions like, um, "What does this relationship represent for you?" And where have you experienced a relationship similar to this in 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 your earlier years? Oftentimes, we can relate it back to attachment or parenting. So it's kind of like when we heal that earlier wound, when we heal the past then we can see more lasting um, healing in the future. Does that make sense? Like we, we kind of we, we have to go back to the earlier wounds so that we can heal the future. Does that make sense?
0: Like I can see, I can see where this started.
1: Yes. Yeah, that insight and that awareness. Is, yes, this is where it started. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I'm searching for. Um, so that's what it does for us. Right. It's it's very powerful work, and that is that is where the therapist c- comes in, right, to be able to ask those questions and bring those subconscious experiences into the conscious mind. And some people, I think, could probably get to that, you know, on their own, but it doesn't hurt to ha- have a therapist help facilitate that process. Yes. Okay. That, yeah. That... Yeah.
0: Do you... Right. Do you feel that mo- do most of your clients, do you do inner child work with? Like, is that typical for you?
1: Yes, it is. Okay. Now, it is, it is. Do and we it, mo- depends. The it, it depends, it depends, it depends on what they need. Oh, go ahead.
0: I was just curious if, is that a typical modality of a lot of therapists or is that um, just personal choice?
1: It's personal choice. When we talk about therapy, there are so many different modalities. There are so many different approaches and I truly believe in equal finality. And what that word means is you can start at any point, like A, B, C, D, E, F, G. And as long as it's a good fit, it'll get you to the finish line. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So just because I do inner child work um, doesn't mean that somebody who doesn't won't be able to help the same person that we're working with. Mm -hmm. Um, So inner child work is just one kind of Treatment method, but there's so many other kinds that I think are also very good and why, healing.
0: Why do you specifically love doing this type of work? Like the inner, the inner mm-hmm. child. You know, feels. You know, who was that? That who 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 coined that? Do you know who coined that? I have no clue. You have Freudian no clue, or, huh? it feels like a Freudian thing? It or?
1: does. It really does. It, I don't I, know. I feel like I should that. know that. I feel like I should know that.
0: Uh, uh Yeah, I I don't know. It feels Freudian or Carl. Jung, no, Jung. I don't know what oh. I, I confuse them. But <laughs> okay, not my area of expertise.
1: I just googled it and it says there um the term was coined by Eric Byrne, a Canadian psychoanalysis. There you go. We got we got it.
2: <laughs> Yo, Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shout out to Canada. <laughs>
0: So I think it's interesting because, so I do have an example Mm -hmm. of a recent situation I found myself in Okay. where I was away at, um, it's called getaway, getaway cabins. And there are these little tiny house cabins that you go to. And the whole idea is that you're unplugging. Like Mm. you have a little box for your cell phone. Wow. Put it in there and like you're with your if you're with your partner, you're you're just in nature and you're present. Mm-hmm. So I think the that's the most recent example I can think of of a moment where I was having a moment with my own inner child, and it just like mm-hmm.
2: stuck up on me. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> was they have this little book, and in the book it has like these different questions.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And The questions were like prompts that you could ask your, the person that you're there with just to get to know each other better or get to know yourself better. And it got to this one that for some reason, it just got me and it was, um, see if I can remember exact wording. What about your childhood do you wish was different? I think that was the question. What about your childhood do you wish would have been different? And it startled me at, I actually like, I think he read me the question, my husband, and it startled me at how much it like hit me when he read just the, just the question and the answer that like immediately came to me. I had this response that was so quick that just made me tear up. I felt emotional. All of a sudden I felt like I, I was trying to answer him, but like then my voice was like, my throat was getting all tight. Like I just, you know, all of the things like I'm about to cry
2: mm-hmm.
0: and it ended up being, you know, we had a great conversation out of that, but that was the most recent example that I had where it felt like the inner child <laughs> like snuck up on me and it was really powerful though. Um, because I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't expecting it from a little booklet right. to ask me such a question that would, it felt like someone just like smacked me in the face with this huge question. It seems so innocent. Yeah. What do you wish was different about your childhood? Yeah. And yet it was, it was so hard to answer. And this is my husband. Like he knows mm-hmm. so much about me.
2: Mm-hmm. We've been
0: together since we were 15 wow. mm-hmm. and I thought I almost, like, I, I it was, I was struggling to, to get the words out,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know? And so that's for me, a recent example of like how I, in that moment, it felt like it was, I was speaking to, I was giving voice to that little girl in me that wished that she would have, you know, had bit more of this in her, in her life. And, um, so I I guess I'm just sharing that because it was really powerful and yet I've never done the professional work like with a therapist before, but just even that question was really beautiful and Mm -hmm. I had an amazing conversation. So I guess I'm sharing just for the simple fact that that's an example, at least for me of how it, it really got me
1: hmm Yeah. And, and just listening to that and please feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but as you're talking about hearing this question and like uh, the feelings that came over you, it sounds like there was like a little bit of grief, grief in there. You know what I mean? So grief doesn't have to mean like death. And I just posted about that on my Instagram. Grief can be just like something we wish we had. Yeah. Oh yeah. You
2: know?
0: I mean, definitely grief. Um, yeah. it was, I mean, because I immediately started tearing up.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it was, I don't know if I would have had the same response had I been at home
1: mm-hmm.
0: with him. But because we were, I think, away, mm-hmm. and we were in this tiny little cabin in the middle of the, it was so quiet that I just, you know, I was able to really hear Yeah. what that, grief really was.
1: Right. Even though
0: I had an amazing childhood, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I look back and I think it was amazing. Like I grew up on the coolest block ever. I had like the best friends, like it was beautiful, but it wasn't about any of those things. It was about my parents Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. relationship. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, I think that that maybe is another point is doing inner child work. Then I just had this thought, you don't necessarily have to have a bad childhood to do.
1: Yes, yes, exactly. (laughs) You don't have to have trauma. You don't have to have PTSD. You don't have to have, um, any of those things in order to do inner child work. And that's, that's why I, I truly believe inner child work can be for everybody. Yeah. Because there are moments in our lives that stick with us. And sometimes those moments um, can affect us in an unfortunate ways, whether or not we realize it. And so I think inner child work can really help in connecting those moments and rehealing certain moments. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: Yeah, I think that's an excellent point because I I I <sighs> This is also something I have to say when I went to, when I did, when I was in therapy along those lines of, I don't have a trauma. um, I was never sexually abused. I was never Mm -hmm. raped. Like I've I've never, my parents are not divorced. Like I I, Mm -hmm. I don't fit any of those categories Mm -hmm. of trauma. And I remember going to the therapist and I remember saying, I feel like I have no right to be here like my life is fine. Like it is not, it's more than fine. My life is good. Mm -hmm. Why am I sitting here?
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And I remember saying that, and she, you know, of course she, you know, was, you know, saying exactly what you're saying. You have every right to be here. Like you don't have to have gone through those, but I, I, I do very much remember sitting there thinking, this is dumb. I have no right to be here. You need to just like lock it up. Why are you so like, what are you sad about?
2: Mm. Feeling.
0: Like this, I somehow was trying to like validate that I was allowed to go talk to someone. Right. Did you ever hear people say that?
1: Often. <laughs> Often. And I think there's, that's part of the reason why we have to destigmatize therapy. Mm-hmm. There's this notion that you have to be at your worst in order to go see a therapist, or there's this notion that you have to be completely non functioning um there there's just such like a negative association with therapy you know I, I i that that's um really been embedded um you know from the past so i I hear it all the time yeah, all the time people are just like and and sometimes people will say like Things like, oh, you probably work with people who have it worse. I'm sorry. You know, I'm sorry for wasting your time. And it's like, no, that's not,
2: mm-hmm. that's
1: not what this is. And, and there is no comparison, right? Mm-hmm. Just because one person has had it, quote unquote, worse doesn't invalidate what you're experiencing. Right. Right. But, the, but that, but that, um, that phrase, like, I don't deserve to be here. There are people who have it worse. I've had good, I've had good experiences. Right. That's, that's just another way of invalidating. Um, what you're going through, because it's valid. It's valid,
2: right?
0: I think that's really powerful to hear, mm-hmm. and I agree that destigmatizing the therapy very much so, mm-hmm. which is why I I do love seeing, you know, pages like yours.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Thank you,
0: and. There's so many out there that are, uh, you, Lisa Oliver, Olivera Therapy. There's so many mm-hmm. amazing um, therapists out there that are like sharing bits of their practice. Yeah, yeah. But now it's online and it's on Instagram, yeah. which is like kind of bizarre, but also really cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, right?
0: <laughs> no way. Again, as, as long as yeah. it's like that intentionality, right? That comes mm-hmm. up. Um, I'm just curious though, how, how do you feel about that intersection of that self exploration therapy world, meeting social media, Instagram, slight tangent, but curious.
1: How do I feel about it? Uh, well, being that I'm part of it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> being that I'm part of it, I, I like it. I love it. I think it's, you know, I will admit that, um, therapy is a privilege. Right, the cost of therapy for some, for a lot of people, it's it's truly unaffordable. Um, and so I like the fact that here's this information that has normally been kept behind closed doors for so many decades, and here we are making it accessible. I think it is amazing that the information is now accessible. I do feel like you know people should always be intentional with the information that they're consuming. It's like it's like if you're feeling sick and you Google your symptoms, right? <laughs> you should, you should not um <laughs> have everything apply to you. So I think it's good that we have this information at our fingertips. But I also think that we have to proceed with caution. So I, I do like it. I, I really do. I like that the information is accessible.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think that and it makes it makes it makes therapy feel yeah not as scary too.
1: Yeah. 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 Nice. And, and it's, it's, it connects other human beings, right? Sometimes if I'll, I'll post something kind of touching upon just like maybe I don't know, a vulnerable situation. And then you see a bunch of people in the comments saying, Oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one or me too, or things like that. It's, it's, it's really nice. And I hope that other people can read through that and see that whether it's my comment section or another person's that they're not alone in whatever they're experiencing. So I, it kind of builds a community.
0: Absolutely. So if you could well, I have two. I have three things here.
1: Yes, yes.
0: One, I have. I always, since this this podcast comes from the journal deck, my company, okay. I always ask a journal prompt question before you.
1: Go. Oh, okay.
0: Um, and then I always ask a one question, and then I have one other question that is pertaining to you. Okay, <laughs> so <laughs> that's where we're going. Um, if you could, what is One question that someone could maybe journal about right now or something to think about or have a discussion with their partner about or themselves about that you could, Uh in terms of the inner child, Uh that you think this question right here, maybe you could start with that or sit with that today. What would that be? Perhaps
1: this isn't a question, but it's going to be like a prompt. Um, I would ask people to pull out a picture of themselves when they were younger. Mm. And then I would have them journal to that child in the photo. What would they want to say to that child in the photo? What would they want that child in the photo to know? Mm. So that's one. Mm -hmm. So there's no question. It's just, Find a photo of yourself when you were younger and what would you like to say to that person?
0: Yeah. Mm, I love that. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's journaling. there we go. So I always ask this question.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I've been asking this question. I'll continue asking this question even yes. into 2020. This is the self-care spotlight. Yeah. So what does self-care mean to you?
1: I like that. Self-care to me means um, taking care of your emotional, mental, physical, and spiritual health. It means creating as best you can balance between work-life, friendships, and relationships. It means being honest with yourself, even about things that... um, You're doing that. That may not be healthy, and it means, like, true self-compassion.
0: Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah,
1: Yeah. I don't think self-care has to cost any money.
0: No, Mm -hmm. it doesn't. It really (laughs) doesn't. It really Mm -hmm. doesn't. I mean, self-compassion certainly doesn't cost anything.
1: Oh no, it doesn't. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm. No, it Mm -hmm. doesn't. It can be really hard. (laughs)
1: Yeah,
0: Uh doesn't cost money. Uh, I just thought about this, you know, I know I said why I wanted you to start because the self, um, why do you think, and and I swear then I'll ask you my journal prompt. Why do you think, um, or do you think, or why do you think starting with the self and the inner child specifically is a good place to begin to then explore you know, that that's, like, base, and then from there, family boundaries, relate, you know, adult mm-hmm. friendships, sexuality, intimacy, mm-hmm. marriage, like, mm-hmm. why is the inner child this good, like, home base?
1: Because those are the first versions of ourselves, and we have to make sure that that version of ourselves feels safe before we can build upon that foundation. Do you know what I mean? It's like building a house. The foundation has to be strong, and our inner child is the first version of ourselves, and we want to make sure that that foundation is strong. And I mean that like emotionally, like emotionally
2: safe.
0: Oh, that like yeah, beautiful. I get that.
1: (laughs) Thanks. (laughs)
0: Yeah, the first (laughs) of ourselves needs to feel safe Mm
1: -hmm. before we can go Um, into, yeah. It's
0: like you know what you're talking about.
1: I know, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Okay. So
0: here is your question. Okay. So I pulled this from the OG, the original journal deck. Yes. Yes. So it says, write in your journal today about what are your non-negotiables? In love, Mm -hmm. friendships, business, explore any life area. So, Alyssa, care to share a non-negotiable? You don't
1: need to go through all of
2: them.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. I was like, well, that's a lot. I think that, um, a non-negotiable, let's say, and love for me would be honesty, communication, and effort. Effort. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to apply that towards romantic and platonic love, right? I think all those things have to be present in order for our connection to thrive.
0: Mm. I like that. I like that word effort.
1: Mm -hmm. Effort.
0: Nobody ever really thinks of that really. Yeah. Like it's the choice. You have to put in that work, that effort. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's another way to say the work because I know a lot of people will say you have to put in the work into a relationship Mm -hmm. Effort, though, sounds, I like that.
1: Yes. Yep. It's like, what are you doing? What are we all doing?
0: Right. Yeah. Are you making the effort?
1: Yes. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. And when we put effort into things, it shows that we value that thing. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like if we think of, yeah, if we think about like, well, I don't know, I'm going to think of something semi like pretty superficial, but if we think about our clothes, right. Like how do we, sh- how do we, how do we show that we take care of it? Like, what do we do to take care of them? How do we show that we value it? Right. We put an effort in making sure that things are clean, things are hung up well. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: So. right. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that makes so much sense even too with the relationship with yourself is the mm-hmm. self with a capital S like the big yeah. self. Yeah. Are you making an effort to to know yourself, to love yourself, to take care of yourself, to heal yourself? Yes. To feel safe to be yourself. Yes. yes. Are you making an effort? And maybe therapy is a part of that effort. Maybe maybe yeah. and what? the inner child work is
1: too. Exactly. Yeah. I yeah. agree with you.
0: Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your, your work day to sit down and have this conversation with me. I think that you dropped a lot of really good wisdom there <laughs> that I'm going to be sitting here thinking about.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm so glad
0: <laughs> so I really appreciate. I really appreciate you sharing and like starting off this, you know, these next five months of exploration on my show. Uh, you know, this is like the home, as we said, it's the home base. And now from here, We're going to go off and start talking about other relationships, but starting with number one.
1: (sighs) Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this conversation.
0: Awesome. Thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: All right, friends. That is a wrap on the first episode of season five relationships as self-care. Did you love this episode? Did you get something out of it? I hope that you did. This one really had me thinking. I was very reflective even during this conversation. It had me thinking about things with my parents that I have not processed, things with my childhood that I have not processed and worked through with a therapist. I ended up talking to Alyssa after we finished recording and I talked to her for a little bit about things that... You know, I think I need to work through with a therapist that I think would be good for me to have a better understanding of myself and to heal some things up, especially things that get triggered for me. A lot of times that have to do with feelings of being the last child of. Four children, so a relatively big family, and you're the youngest, and that comes with its own set of stuff, just like any other family child order does, right? So, this one got me very reflective. I hope that it helped you see things in a different light or think about things in a different light, or that you've learned something that it gave you comfort in some way. And, you know, honestly, this episode kind of ended up taking. A different turn. We started talking a lot about therapists and working in therapy and kind of this trend that's almost going on right now in the self care world. I guess you'd call it a trend where it seems like everyone is talking about having a therapist. And yeah, just interesting dynamics in the self care industry. I think in general, there's just so much to unpack there. And I think that Alyssa did it in a really, or talked about it in a really beautiful way that made sense. And her Instagram is just so inspiring. And like I said, it brings these therapist tools to a mass audience in a gorgeous way that feels accessible. And so if you haven't checked it out, definitely check out Alyssa Marie Wellness on Instagram. So aside from that, I want to share with you a feature, a new feature of the podcast that relies on you guys. I want to start highlighting you. I want to share your messages, your experiences with the podcast in the different episodes. And the first one that I have here is from SCS listener, Lindsay. Again, this is Lindsay from Nashville, Tennessee, who I mentioned at the start. at the start of the episode. And here's what Lindsay had to say.
2: Hey, Alyssa. This is Lindsay. Um, I just got done listening to your last, or I guess big episode of 2019. And wow, I'm just, I've got a lot of emotions right now. Like, um, that message was just so so powerful to me, and I could definitely relate, you know, with Jen, and um, I just thought it was so cool, you know, just how real you are in these podcasts, and just, especially at the end, um, when you were just talking about 2020, it made me so thankful for you, because um, I didn't realize this, but your podcast has been last several several months when i've been dealing with this hard time of learning what self-care is and i didn't realize how much i've learned from you and how much you've taught me and what kind of different page i can turn myself so sorry it sounds like (laughs) it feels like i sound like i'm ranting or i don't know um but i am so thankful for you and um So glad that I came across your podcast. It's really comforting to listen to you and it feels just, yeah, so comforting.
0: Oh my goodness. Did that not just warm your heart? It certainly warmed mine. Thank you so much, Lindsay, for that sweet, heartfelt message. You guys can do the same. If you want me to highlight you, I would love to do so You can just give me a call at my voicemail line, 412-218-1229. Give me your first name, whatever you want to say, and where you're from. I and my podcast editor, Jordan, my new podcast editor, shout out. Thanks, Jordan, for editing this episode. Are the only ones who are going to be listening to these testimonials. I thank you so much in advance for sending your messages, your aha moments, all the things And just truly thank you for listening and thank you for taking care of yourself. I'll talk to you guys soon.